Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is the wrestling is the outsiders of Here are your hosts. Here are your hosts. Here are your Emerson Whitner. Emerson. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 podcast tonight i am your one and only host and i am the one the only emerson whitner brian is not here tonight so you know tonight we can safely be streamed across the angry marks podcasting network later tonight um but nxt takeover is in the books and ultimately it's a good thing i scheduled the show for 11 30 uh since they went past their two-hour window it did, of course, give Corey Graves a chance to talk about how great the network is as opposed to pay-per-view, but we'll get into all that as we go on. Uh, welcome again to the show. Um, we've got, you know, a big weekend here, kicking off here with NXT TakeOver. Tomorrow night, uh, for those of you who may not know, we will be back at 11 o'clock tomorrow night with a live SummerSlam post-show. And then we'll be back on Wednesday with our normal show, recapping Clash of the Champions 25. But of course, that's for the future. Takeover happened tonight. Uh, I covered the show for F4WOnline.com. You can go over there and read my review of the show right now, my live play-by-play. And if you don't want to, well, that's kind of fine, because I'm going to tell you about it now. Um... <laughs> The pre-show was pre-taped like at least an hour or so before the show began uh, because they taped next week's NXT show before TakeOver, but uh, during the pre-show it was in the arena um, and, you know, people were just entering the arena and no matches happened in the background or anything. Um, 
they did swerve us a little bit. They said Alita uh, was there, and she all but said that she was going to be the person in the Vaudevillains' corner during the tag team title match. Uh, the fake announced number is 15,589 people. Um, I believe the arena was set up for 13,000. They said they did sell some uh, standing room only tickets. Don't know if that's true or not. Perhaps it is, but I doubt they sold, you know, 2,300 of them. Um, also, before right before the show started, Triple H announced a UK tour for just NXT talent from December 10th to, to the 16th. It was implied that they were going to do an NXT takeover show uh, from there in December, but it wasn't uh, specifically stated. And actually, Triple H opened the show in the middle of the ring, cutting a promo, putting the fans over, and introducing TakeOver, saying that the future is now. Um, first match, Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, I want to make mention of the set very quickly. Um, I'm assuming this isn't going to be the SummerSlam set, but it was very similar to the last NXT TakeOver set. So it looks like they're, they are going to go through the... I don't want to say the hassle, but they're going to go through the uh, period of actually changing the set for each uh, show this weekend in the Barclays Center. Um, so that should be interesting. But uh, Jushin Liger versus Tyler Breeze. Breeze had a similar entrance to his last takeover match uh, where when he came out they had models all lying the aisle way to uh, smile and look pretty as Tyler entered. Uh, the fans, I'll tell you what, the fans... I apologize. I am not going to doubt the fans ever again because, um, much to my surprise, these people, or at least the vocal majority of them, knew all the NXT storylines. They knew the NXT talent. They knew the chants. They knew everything that you had to know to, you know, truly enjoy an NXT show. And I was surprised, very happily surprised, um, by the crowd the whole night. Um, and so they they were really into this show. Um, Liger twice used the surfboard, which I thought was a move not seen on WWE television in over a decade. Turns out I was wrong. I later got noted on Twitter that Daniel Bryan has used the surfboard several times in WWE. I really was having a blonde moment because I couldn't remember them. Um, Liger at one point mocked Breeze by taking Breeze's selfie stick and taking a selfie of himself and then lounging across the top rope like Breeze would normally do. Uh, Breeze did get a near fall of the supermodel kick, and again later with this rolling backstabber he debuted. Uh, the best chant of the night happened in the first match, ironically enough, as the fans chanted, Full Sail Sucks, to the tune of New Day Rocks. And just when I thought it was safe to tape this show without... Brian and his foul mouth. Brian's here. Yes, it is me, the quintessential stud muffin himself. Brian, I just came from hell. Whitner. You just came from hell. I I have had no service the last three and a half hours. I didn't even watch the show. I couldn't. I didn't have service where I was. So have why am I echoing? Have you ever heard of Bumfuck Egypt? Brian, are you listening to the show? No. 
Well, I can hear myself in the background every time I speak. Really? Yes, really. You are on my car radio currently. Well, you should perhaps turn down the car radio because if I can hear it, everybody else can hear you too. Hear it too. Well, well, no, I, ha- I have a Bluetooth in. They're currently on Bluetooth. It might. I don't know if it would be better, but it might be better if you just put me on speakerphone. Hello now. Uh, let's see, Brian. Can I hear myself twice? I don't know, much, can you? That's much better. That's what I thought. So, you didn't watch TakeOver at all? No, I was in bumfuck Egypt. Watch your language. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in BFE. Jesus Christ. So, in other words, right. you're... You, in other words, you're going to co-host the show, despite having no idea what I'm talking about, and in theory, I could lie to you about everything that happened, and uh, you'd have no idea otherwise. Well, I do know two of the, two of the match results, but that's about it. Because you got your WWE mobile alert? Yes, I did. Well, Brian, uh, and I apologize to all of our fans who've listened to the first ten minutes, so I'm going to give Brian a quick... Recap of what we talked about. Uh, first, uh, Lita said on the pre-show, uh, well, she all but said that she was going to be in the Vaudevillain's corner for the tag team title match. That turned out to be a lie. And Triple H announced a UK exclusive NXT tour in December, and he implied that there's going to be a takeover show from the UK in December, but he didn't actually say it. Ah, interesting. Okay, so that led us to our first match, Jushin Liger versus Tyler Breeze. Um, Like I mentioned, Breeze had the same entrance as he had in the last TakeOver show, where models all walked out in the aisle way and stood there and looked pretty as he entered. Um, The fans were great this entire show, Brian, you should know. Uh, They did follow the NXT storylines, did follow the characters, and whether or not and it obviously wasn't the entire crowd, because you could see a lot of people right in front of the camera making no noise and doing nothing, but there was a lot of noise in the building. I'm sure there was. Um, Liger at one point mocked Breeze by taking a selfie with Tyler's phone and lounging across the top rope. Uh, Breeze got the supermodel kick for a near fall. The fans, and this is when you tuned in, the fans chanted full Sale sucks to the tune of New Day Rocks uh, during a wrestle at one point. Uh, The story was that Breeze got frustrated the longer the match went because he couldn't put away Liger. Breeze got out of the Liger bomb twice, but Liger hit it on the third try and won. A really good opener. Awesome. I love love listening to Brian's opinion on these matches that he didn't watch. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go because I'm driving, so I will call you guys back very shortly. Okay. So that was Brian. So I had to recap the match twice, once for your benefit and once for his benefit. Why did you just listen to the show? I don't know. Don't ask. It's better to not ask. So Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and X-Pac were all sitting in the front row. X-Pac was wearing the Young Bucks uh, click hand sign T-shirt. Um you know, if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. The NWO2 Sweet slash 
uh, click hand sign that the Young Bucks used, and WWE tried to sue them over it. Um, and, yeah, that was what Sean Waltman was wearing. They did a video package for the debuting Nia Jax, and we got the tag team title match uh, with Blake and Murphy defending against the Vaude Villains. And of all people, it ended up being Ed and San Antonio's favorite wrestler, Blue Pants, uh, was the girl in the corner of the Vaude Villains. Um, the fa- I, apparently, I'm the only person in the world that didn't realize it was going to be Blue Pants, um, because not only did I get told about it over and over again on Twitter tonight, uh, or not tonight, but the other night, but I also got, uh, excuse me, but also the fans were expecting her enchanted for Blue Pants before she even came out. And then the fans chanted Blue Pants City, as well as the Suplex City. Uh, Aiden was running wild in both foes when that treacherous, devious, villainous Blake tripped English on the ring apron, sending him crashing and burning to the pretty black mats outside. Um, When Aiden got close to doing a hot tag, Blake ran over and did the same thing to Gotch. Uh, Blake and Murphy at one point tried to go for a double superplex on Aiden English, but Simon Gotch came in and gave them a double powerbomb. English got a near fall with the senton, which I think everyone thought was going to be the finish. And when uh, they kicked out, I, don't, I think people figured that there was going to be a, a title retention. Uh, but that actually led to the girl fight. Um, Alexa went to slap Aiden and Simon, but Blue Pants caught her hand, and they did the cat fight spot. Murphy almost won with the schoolboy, but the Vaude villains came back and won the belts with the whirling dervish. This match was much better than I expected it to be. Um, the Vaude Villains are now the seventh NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, and just for trivia's sake, the first six were uh, Adrian Neville and Oliver Gray, who lost to the Wyatt family, who lost to Adrian Neville and Corey Graves, who lost to the Ascension, who lost to the Lucha Dragons, who lost to Blake and Murphy, who lost to the Vaude Villains. Apollo Crews debuted and pinned Ty Dillinger. Uh, the Cruz was really impressed with his own Titan Tron for some reason. Um, it reminded me of when Dwayne Gill got introduced as Mankind's surprise opponent at Survivor Series 98, and he was impressed with uh, his Titan Tron. Um, the fans were really into both men, which surprised me because Dillinger has only been doing his Perfect Ten gimmick uh, once on television so far. Uh, Cruz did look super athletic, but Ty held his own. And this is probably the best Ty has looked uh, since he debuted on NXT, and he's been on NXT. Yikes, he's been there for years. Uh, Cruz blocked a second super kick uh, from Dillinger and hit a beautiful Inzaghiri, uh, and actually, and he won in five minutes, hitting the Gorilla Press Slam and a standing moonsault. It reminded me of uh, Victoria used to do that, but it was smoother than Victoria's. Um, this was a different debut than other big-name debuts like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, even Baron Corbin. Uh, they had a more competitive match, but this match was pretty good, to say the least. Uh, General Manager William Regal was backstage and announced the giant tag team tournament, uh, start, which is going to start on September 2nd, and it's going to be called the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and it's going to end on the next NXT TakeOver show, which is in six weeks on October 7th. So they're already uh, 
already uh, doing TakeOver again in just six weeks. Uh, so that brings us to the halfway point of the show. Uh, by the way, the four finalists of Tough Enough were all at ringside, and I will, of course, be recapping the final episode this Wednesday night on the podcast, and Sara Lee and Zizi will win again. Um, let's play something to break up the... Uh, uh, to give me a breath and let me get a mouthful of iced tea. Um, hey, Bill O'Reilly surprised me by saying something I agreed with this week, so let's play this. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but this, okay. Now, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do, it's a video, Sting video. Okay. What is, for credit. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a... Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I, I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. <sighs> Too bad that's the only mention of Sting you're going to get this entire weekend, and it's not even the right Sting. Um, that led us to the first of the three big matches, Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. Uh, if you recall, I, when I previewed this match, um, I said that, you know, this uh, Baron Corbin's longest match in history has been seven minutes versus Rhino, and it was also his best match. He also did a five-minute match with Adrian Neville earlier this year, which sucked. This match went ten minutes, and it was not only the longest match of Baron Corbin's career, it was also the best. Just a very, very good match. Uh, Joe, I don't want to say Joe carried him because... I always hate when people say, oh, so-and-so carried him, because to have a good match, you need two people, okay? You can have an average match and be carried, but you need, a, you need the other person to be able to do something to have a good match. And Baron uh, held his own there. Um, the match went, did go longer than 30 seconds, like I noticed, but Joe almost won with a choke in less than a minute, but Baron bailed. Uh, Joe went for the suicide dive. Uh, but as he came through the ropes, Baron forearmed him in the head. Uh, Joe did his series of moves that starts as a pinfall attempt, and then when the guy kicks out, he turns it into a Boston Crab. And if you recall, he used to turn that into the STF, but that's John Cena's move. So instead of turning it, it from the Boston Crab into the STF, he turned it from the Boston Crab into a crossface. Uh, Baron took a... Uh, a beating for most of the match, so I was surprised by the finish. Uh, but Baron took a beating, took a beating, and took a beating, and then uh, slapped on a desperation heel hook, 
which reminded me a lot of the first Brock Lesnar-Frank Mir fight, uh, except Joe didn't tap. If you recall on that one, it went 89 seconds. Brock beat the crap out of Frank for 88 seconds and got uh, and slipped, got put in the heel hook, and tapped out. Uh, Corbin, to continue our TNA references for the night, Corbin got a near fall with a black hole slam. Um, he fought out of the muscle buster and actually hit the jackhammer at one point, but Joe kicked out. The finish saw both men reverse each other's finishers, but Joe locked on the Kikina clutch, wrapped his legs around Baron. Baron did not tap, but he did pass out, um, so Samoa Joe had his hand raised. Um, there were a crap ton of people at ringside all night. Um, they showed them in groups. Uh, Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, Naomi, and Tamina were all sitting around outside. Um, and by the way, the uh, NXT the NXT tour of England. Um, let me see here. Just got a. I'm looking at the uh, all the dates. It doesn't look like anything is specifically saying takeover. Tickets, by the way, on sale uh, Friday the 28th at 9 a.m. Uh, local time. And they're going to do shows in Newcastle, Glasgow, Sheffield, Blackpool, Nottingham, uh, Cardiff, Wales, and ending on December 16th in London at the SSE Arena. Uh, so that should be interesting, especially, you know, if some of those are taped uh, for television. Um, so that should be good. And by the way, thanks to TWM uh, News, TWM News uh, for that information. Uh, so back to NXT, Stephanie McMahon came out, and yeah, it's actually funny that Steph is, you know, a babyface here on uh, NXT uh, because she's the one that, uh, I, I guess the more Hunter gets credit for all of NXT and by default the women, but Stephanie's the one that gets the televised credit for the women's matches. Um and so she came out, said that the Divas Revolution that she brought to Raw was started here on NXT. And it made me think of the long-forgotten Paige-Emma match uh, from last year at NXT Arrival. But, uh, you know, the match was much better. The match that really put the NXT women's matches on the map was that uh, Charlotte and Natalia match from last May which was still probably the best women's match they've ever had on an NXT special. And if and that may still be the best match, but this match is second, maybe third best. I don't know the match that may have been better than this, other than that one was the four-way from Rival uh, with uh, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch when Sasha won the title. Uh, so Sasha versus Bailey, billed as the co-main event. Um, it's funny because every women's match in NXT Takeover slash Arrival, it's always been the next to last match, and it's never been the popcorn piss break match. It's been an actual, you know, push match. And around this time is when I started noticing, you know, what time it was since the show was only supposed to be from nine to eleven, and the bell rang at ten twenty for this match, so I was worried that they were going to cut these two short, but they went 16 minutes, and boy, oh boy, was this a match. Bailey wore a Dusty Rhodes polka dot headband of the ring, 
the fans exploded for Sasha and took to her as a real star. And she was driven to the ring by the same car that they earlier in the night showed Finn Balor arriving in the arena to. I know it's just a coincidence, but, you know, you think, you know, they just have a second car to drive Sasha to the ring with. And they had four large, muscular men escort Sasha to the ring, kind of like her bodyguards. Um, and this match is just a whole bunch of good. Uh, they were on the middle rope at one point, teasing a superplex. Uh, and Sasha kicked Bailey's leg, so Bailey crashed to the ground. Just a nasty-looking fall. Um, Sasha needed three attempts to do her knees-to-the-ribs move. Um, and then when she found it on the third time, she'd actually laid Bailey across the top rope before dropping the knees to the tummy. Um, Sasha at one point was talking trash, so Bailey kicked her right in the mouth and went crazy with punches. Uh, Sasha then ripped off her arm brace that uh, Bailey's been wearing since injuring her hand three months ago. Um, Sasha, uh, and this was a heck of a move, um, and I can only imagine the pain Bailey was in for this one. Uh, Sasha placed Bailey's hand between the ring steps and the ring post and then kicked the steps. And who knows, maybe it didn't, maybe they did something to make it feel all nice and tingly, but it just looked, you know, it looked horrible. Um, and Sasha actually, uh, the referee, you know, hip stuck his head through the ropes to check on Bailey and start counting her out. And Sasha did a Rey Mysterio running flip over the referee, over the top rope, onto Bailey on the floor, which first time I think I've ever seen a woman do that move um, outside of, you know, any lucha that I may have seen. Um, but it looked amazing. Back in the ring, Sasha went for some sort of run-up-the-ropes move, but Bailey pushed her to the ground, uh, and Sasha this time took the nasty fall. Uh, Bailey's comeback consisted of a lot of Polish hammers and went for the Bailey to belly, but Sasha reversed it and got on the bank statement. Uh, my favorite, well, I, my favorite part of the matchup to this point happened when Bailey tried reaching for the ropes and Sasha began stomping her injured hand, which just looked horrible and so awesome at the same time. Uh, Bailey somehow reversed the bank statement into her own bank statement and almost looked like Sasha was going to tap, but instead she got the ropes. Uh, Bailey hit the Bailey to belly the first time. Sasha kicked out of it. Bailey then went for her corona from the top rope, but Sasha shoved her off, and Bailey took the bump and almost landed right on top of her head. Like, it was a nasty fall Bailey took from the top rope. Um, and Sasha, and I'm like, okay, this is it. Sasha's retained the title. She comes off the middle ropes with a Fez press. Um, but uh, Bailey kicks out. And then in a move that better get replayed for years to come, because I don't want to see this move ever again, but it was just so simply amazing. Bailey had Sasha up on the middle rope, uh, well, sitting on the top rope, but with her back to the ring. Bailey climbed up behind her and hit a reverse Frankensteiner. Like, I've seen men do this move, and it always looks brutal, and it always looks like, like the risk is greater than the reward. Bailey popped that thing off perfectly, and I jumped up in the air when she did it. 
Um, and Bailey then, for, I, I should complain that that wasn't the finish, but they went right to the finish. Bailey then hit the Bailey to Bailey second time and won the title. I'm about to go into a coughing fit, so I'm going to play something here, go into my coughing fit, and be right back. The very controversial host of Piper's Pit, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mr. Piper, I would stick around, but you're going to have to excuse me. I have to go to the men's room. I'll be right back. Thank you. Oh, Going home? Oh, my goodness, that's fine. Cow Palace. You can go to the men's room in the Cow Palace. That's a wonderful name in San Francisco because the Cow Palace is someplace that I would be proud to call my home. A Cow Palace is someplace that I'd be proud to bring my gal. Because obviously if you live in San Francisco and you are going out with gals... Obviously, they belong in the cow palace. I saw one. The only thing she was missing was antlers. She would have been in season jack, man. I saw her coming up to me, asking me for a date. I said, man, I'm hot rod. Are you kidding me? He said, yeah, but aren't you the one that's going to fight Mr. Wonderful? I said, yeah, I'm going to fight Mr. Blunderful. He says, but aren't you the one that's going to fight him with all them wrestlers around the ring? He says, yeah, that's me. He says, don't you know what he's thinking? Of course. Yeah, yeah, I know what he's thinking. Absolutely nothing, man. When he's in a room alone, he is all alone. You see, you forget. I rode with him. I know what an idiot this guy is. I know his moves. Oh, yes, he's tough. I know he's tough. You think I ain't, man? I've been around. You know that. I've been there before. He's tough enough to go and bench press 500 pounds. Who really cares, man, huh? Your idea here of a wrestling match here, you got 20 12 wrestlers around the ring. You got dancing midgets and leathers. You got your own. You got everything that you've ever wanted in a match. You know why I signed this? Incidentally, it didn't take me two months to sign this match. No, 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 no. It didn't take me two months to make up my mind, brother. No, no, no. I said, you want me to fight somebody? I'll fight anybody. Who do you want? Just let me fight him. Orndorff says, well, I'm going to take my time. going to take me about two months. And I'm going to, I'm going to do right now and go to the bathroom, think about it, and now I'm back. <laughs> right there. It's your idea of Orndor's father. You see, that's going to happen after you fight me. There's going to be nothing after you except for old and bald <laughs> and ugly. <laughs> you ain't going to be no hot rod. You're just going to be somebody that can't keep his bladder empty. <laughs> Thank you very much, Roddy Roddy Piper. Back in the Bay Area at the Cow Palace, Thursday night, October the 10th. Don't you dare... Um, and I'm back. Uh, I just want to finish up what I was speaking about. I was talking about the Sasha Bailey match. Um, once again, amazing match. Um, I dare anything on SummerSlam to beat that tomorrow. Um, after the match, Charlotte and Becky Lynch came down to join in for the celebration. Eventually, Sasha came over and hugged Bailey as well. And the four women held up the four fingers to symbolize themselves as the four horsewomen of NXT. And, you know, the joke earlier was the video package before the match showed that each of these women, Sasha, uh, Becky, and Charlotte, all turning on uh, Bailey at some point and then ending up on the main roster. Um, by the way, to uh, uh, update on a little bit, because uh, I was thinking, you know, October 7th seems so soon to be doing an NXT TakeOver show that I was almost worried that Mr. Regal had uh, misspoken, but he wasn't. It 
on WWE.com an exclusive uh, that it is on October 7th. By the looks of it, it is at full sale. Um, and it will be the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, all Mr. Regal did say was it was going to be, you know, a bunch of stars in the tournament, etc. And they're comparing it to uh, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup, which if it's anything like that, you know, should be, you know, amazing. I'm not expecting it to be, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be great. Who knows? You know, I'm thinking I'll probably just use eight NXT teams, but who knows? We'll see uh, in just a few weeks, I guess. Um, So that brings us on now. Uh, Now, at this point, it's about 10.45. The show's scheduled to go off the air at 11. So we're either going to get a really short main event or they're going to go long. And, well... They went long because the bell on the main event and everything rang until 11 o'clock. Um, Finn Balor got his usual special entrance, and he had several people dressed like him standing on either side of the ramp doing his poses. Uh, must have taken a, about five minutes for him to get to the ring. And, of course, Finn's all painted up. Um, you've seen it. Um, I don't want to say, like, it, it wasn't special or anything, but this is, you know, at least the fifth time he's done this on NXT at this point, and he hasn't even been there a year. Um, so it's losing its specialness to see him all painted up because, you know, there's not five Tokyo Dome shows every year. There's only one. Um, and, yeah. So main event, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens for the NXT title. Um, early on, there was quite a disturbance in the crowd. Um, when Owens was kicking Balor, all of a sudden you see everyone's head turn away from the ring and start an abnormally large cheering. Um, turns out what had happened was that somebody threw a streamer into the ring. I did see that, but only one person threw a streamer, so, you know, I figured, oh, well, whatever. Um, it turns out the one guy who threw a streamer got caught by security, and they were going to throw him out. And... Uh, what everyone ended up cheering for was that it turned that uh, they decided uh, to let him return to his seat and not throw him out. Um, and the fans actually chanted, "Welcome back!" at him. Um, after as soon as we passed the eleven o'clock hour, Graves took another chance to brag about how the network is better than pay-per-view because if they were on pay-per-view, they'd be shut off and everyone would get to miss this great main event. Off topic, but I think they really need to hope the network doesn't go belly up because if that thing goes belly up and they have to go crawling back to pay-per-view providers and you know say that they're going to put all their shows on there those pay-per-view providers they're going to be a little angry i think just a smidge um so yeah so this match um really really good not as good as the women's match but you know a solid second best match on the show I think the main event of a takeover show has probably been the best match on takeover like once and I think that was the uh, Sami Zayn Adrian Neville match at our evolution where Sami Zayn won the belt Um, and you know it's not like the title match the NXT match is ever bad just that the women's title match is always so amazing that 
the men's match can't beat it. And that's amazing to say in a WWE show that the women's match was better and they actually, you know, put forth an effort and had the chance to be better. It's not like the women's match had the popcorn match and the men's match was just this horrible match of blown spots. No, no, this, you know, you had two matches that were set up there. Both made a, it was made a double main event and they had one knockdown, drag out fight um, after another. Um, these two, uh, they did, you know, a lot of your big ladder spots. Owens went for a power bomb on the ladder early, but Balor backdropped him and Owens crashed through the rungs of the ladder. Um, Owens later on went for his cannonball move, but Finn moved, so Owens slammed into the ladder instead. Um, Balor went for the Coupe de Grasse, but as he, and then he climbed, Balor hit the Coupe de Grasse, and when he went to climb the ladder, Kevin yanked him down, and as he was coming down, threw Finn down with a powerbomb. They fought outside the ring a few times, um, including at one point, Owens did hit his powerbomb on the ring apron, but because he was selling everything that's happened to him so far, um, by the time he got to the ladder and began to climb it, Finn was already back up to knock Owens down. Owens at one point used a pair of super kicks and yelled at Finn to stay down, but Finn, like an eight-year-old child, doesn't listen, so Finn wouldn't stay down and let Kevin beat him. Kevin then set up a ladder bridge, uh, and this led to our finish where Kevin set up a ladder bridge um, in the corner of the ring, um, and this ended up being his fault of what happened here. But uh, he set up the ladder bridge and was threatening. I don't know if he was – it looked like he was setting up to do the fisherman suplex neckbreaker off the top of the ladder to Finn onto the ladder bridge. Um, and I don't think anyone believed it was actually going to happen, um, which, you know, imagine if it did. But uh, we didn't think he was going to, and it didn't. Um, and so – Finn uh, knocked Kevin off the top of the ladder, causing Owens to crash onto the ladder bridge. And now what should have happened next was Balor, you know, while while he was standing on the ladder, was going to reach up and grab the belt. And he went, he reached up, and he couldn't reach it. So he went up a few more rungs, and he was, it turns out, the ladder bridge was set up, ooh, probably just three, not even three feet, if that, a little too far away from the belt. So even with Finn reaching out from standing at the top of the ladder, he couldn't reach it. And Kevin quickly realized his mistake. And so they, even though time froze while Balor realized this, and you can see everything going through his head, you know, Kevin got up. And, you know, started climbing the ladder, and uh, Ballard knocked him down again and hit the Coupe de Gras from the top of the ladder to Owens on the mat. And then Ballard yanked the ladder over into the middle of the ring, climbed up, and captured the belt. So, yes, Finn Ballard is still your NXT champion following a very good main event and an excellent show. And you know, all I gotta say is good luck to take or good luck to SummerSlam to try to follow this show tomorrow night. So that is your uh, NXT Takeover recap. In my mind, it's an easy thumbs up. 
I'd even go one and a half thumbs up at this point. Um, and we'll see what happens tomorrow night, shall we? So after this, uh, and, you know, I'm going to uh, play something here, and I'm going to do a quick SummerSlam preview, and then uh, we'll sign off for the night. Let's see. It's something I haven't played in a while. All right. Again, Mr. Valiant, uh, Brutus Beefcake, uh, no doubt, will be put to the test uh, in upcoming weeks. And how do you feel that uh, Mr. Beefcake could, could have had perhaps anyone in the world to manage him? I mean, Arnold Skolan was interested in the contract, certainly Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, they were throwing money at him uh, right and left. How did you land the contract? Man's got good choice. Man's got good taste. The man knows talent. In other words, when I come down the aisle with Mr. Brutus Beefcake, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans of the World Wide Wrestling Federation, I'm not just coming down the aisle. I'm coming down there to oversee matters. I'm coming down there to lend my assistance. I'm coming down the aisle to say it's Brutus Beefcake versus whomever, but it's Johnny Valiant uh, lurking. It's Johnny Valiant uh, available. It's Johnny Valiant uh, mm, watching. <laughs> well, now, how much do you credit your presence then with the phenomenal success of Brutus Beefcake? I say it's a 50-50 deal. I say it's uh, Brutus Beefcake's uh, talent. It's Brutus Beefcake's physical prowess. It's Brutus Beefcake's presence. But it's also Johnny Valiant. Uh, it could be 25-50. It could be 90-10. It could be 10-90. It could be 98. It could be 2. But the bottom line is this man's going to win, and I'm going to make sure of that. And nobody sure is ever going to give him a bum steer, Vince McMahon. All righty. SummerSlam tomorrow night for the Barclays Center, which can hold about 13,000 people for the show, and I'm sure it will be marked up to the same 15,800 and so that tonight's show was. And ten matches, um, four hours, beating at 7 o'clock. Um, I'm going to be doing the live play-by-play for AngryMarks.com. Hopefully I can remember what side I'm supposed to go to tomorrow night. I'm um, just kidding. I'll remember. But uh, the last time a WrestleMania was four hours long was, uh, or not four hours long, the last time WrestleMania had ten matches was WrestleMania 26, which actually most of the card uh, seemed rushed. Like, the only two matches that entire show that seemed to get enough time was the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, and Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon, which got about seven minutes too many. Um, and so I'm thinking it's going to be something similar where a lot of these matches aren't going to get the time. Everyone's expecting it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are expecting it to be, you know, this great series of matches. And I don't know. I guess we'll see. But John Cena, the U.S. champion, versus Seth Rollins, the WWE world champion. Allegedly, one of these two men are going to walk out of here with both belts. I don't believe it's going to happen. I think it's going to be some sort of DQ or count-out finish. I think Cena's going to get his hand raised, but I don't think, you know, he's going to walk out with both titles. Um, I think, you know, Rollins either gets himself intentionally disqualified or gets himself counted out. Um, I don't think Sheamus cashes in Money in the Bank. Um, I think, you know, the time isn't ready yet for Money in the Bank cash-in. But, yeah, that's my pick with that. Then we get uh, the Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker match. 
I'm normal WWE protocol is to always go uh, 50-50 booking, and Brock Lesnar won the last time at WrestleMania, and so Undertaker should win here. But just something I don't think Undertaker's going to win. I think this is a Brock Lesnar win. I think the match should be better than it was at WrestleMania. Um, we've got a caller. Interesting. Caller, who's this and where are you calling from? Holy crap, what a show. Damn. The show is almost, I mean, it's almost 12 and I'm still watching the recaps. Who's this? Hello? Okay. So, it wasn't Brian. I, but, yeah. So, Lesnar and Undertaker. Uh, um, like I said, I think Lesnar's going to uh, win. I can't... I mean, I can imagine Undertaker winning, but it does. it seems like they should be building it up for something bigger. Um, for an Undertaker win, maybe it will be the big blow-off match at WrestleMania 32 at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Um, but I guess we'll see, won't we? Intercontinental title on the line, the Ryback, the Big Show, the Miz. I think Miz wins it. It makes absolutely no sense considering he's booked like a goof and the other two have just beaten the crap out of him every chance they've got. But that that's WWE booking, and, you know. You know. Remember, a few months ago, when the Intercontinental Title was going to be pushed, and it's going to be you know one of it's going to be like a main event title again, or at least a title that matters. And so, like Daniel Bryan had it, and then they put it in the Elimination Chamber, and the Ryback won it. No, now it's you know going to be back to being held by the Miz. It's going to be back to a mid card title. No one's going to care about uh, the title again. And it's sad, because they could do so much with it, but they're not going to. Tag team titles on the line. Primetime players, uh, the Colons, uh, the New Day, and we have another caller. <laughs> caller, You are a beast, this? man. What was that? You're a beast. I'm a beast, you say? Yeah, Who's you're, this? you're a beast. This is Brian from New Jersey. This is Brian from New Jersey with a 570 yeah, area code. Okay. Yeah. So did you watch uh, TakeOver? Yeah, I watched the last match, the main event, Kevin Owens versus Finn Baylor. Uh, what would you think of it? It was pretty good. I got to give you that. That's good. Uh, have you watched much NXT, or is this your first show? I only watched, like, only, like, when it typed up. Mhm. Um, all right. Do uh, have anything else you want to say to all of the listeners? You guys are fucking beasts. Animals, I tell you. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, and uh, we've got another caller here. Caller, who's this, and where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Moby. M O B I Moby. But hi, Moby. How are you doing me. tonight? I'm all right. I was just trying to find out who won and who lost. That's all I was trying to find out. That's all I was going to listen. Uh, from TakeOver, uh, yeah. Finn Balor retained the title. Uh, Bailey yeah. won the women's title. And uh, yeah. the Vaude Villains won uh, the tag team titles. And Samoa Joe beat Baron Corbin. 
All right. Thank you. That's all I need to know. No problem. Thanks for calling. All right. All right. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, there's we've had a number of callers already tonight. Go figure. Uh, so back to my comments about SummerSlam, uh, the tag titles, uh, the primetime players, the Colons, the New Day, and the Lucha Dragons. Um, someone on uh, uh, Facebook made a very good argument for the Lucha Dragons to win. But I think it's uh, time for the New Day to get the belts back. I think the primetime players... Um, Primetime players probably should hold the belts longer, but I don't think they're going to. I think uh, the New Day are going to win here. I don't know who they're going to feud with. Probably still going to feud with the PTPs afterwards. Um, the Colons seem to only have a job so they can do these four-way matches on pay-per-view. Uh, but this should be a really good action-based uh, match. I've heard that it's probably going to be bumped to the pre-show. Um, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, what happens there. Uh, the pre-show is an hour long, and they usually do do a match. Uh, they do get bumped to the pre-show, you know, you know, good kind, good-ish, because they'll get 13, 14 minutes to do a match, and every other match on the card will probably get another minute or two that, you know, in some cases they could really use. Um, Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. I know, uh, I, for some reason, I and I always seem to get uh, the bum rap on this one but I I think they're serious about pushing Cesaro I think Vince has finally opened his eyes and sees that Cesaro is a quality talent and I can see him picking up the win here I don't think it's you know I think they're probably going to get time to do an 11-12 minute match so I it's not going to be a five star wrestling match and I'm sure it's going to piss everybody off online that it's not going to be but it is what it is and they need time to do 10 matches. But either way, I think Cesaro wins a very good match, better than your average Raw match. Randy Orton and Sheamus. I swear I'm the only person that likes it when these two wrestle. Um, they are both very good, and they had a good match back at Battleground. I expect a good match here again. Orton won at Battleground, but I don't think they're going to do 50-50 booking here. I think Orton wins again. Because uh, especially if they do end up doing a Sheamus cash-in, uh, they can do Orton winning, so Sheamus has someone else to face other than Cena and Rollins. Uh, but, you know, I expect that probably to be the longest match other than the two main events. They'll probably get about 17 or so minutes. Uh, triple threat elimination match with the women. PCB, Team Bella, Team Bad. Sasha Banks is going to go from a four-star, four four-and-a-half-star match to a two-star, two-fall, three-team match. Um, now, the rules are it's not going to be eight eliminations. It's one elimination eliminates the team, so it's only two eliminations in the match, which is much better because, you know, they're only going to get about eight to ten minutes. Um, should be decent enough because... Especially if they keep Alicia and Nikki out of the ring and Demina. Now that the other five, you know, do what they can do, it should be good enough. Um, and hopefully, you know, the New York crowd who just uh, crapped themselves for Sasha tonight doesn't turn their backs on the whole group of them tomorrow night. Stephen Amell and Neville versus Stardust and King Barrett. Um, if. Anything but baby faces win happens, I think the whole world will explode because, yeah, it, it, 
it's a celebrity match. The celebrity wins. And even though that kind of seems ridiculous for the celebrity to always win and beat the, you know, established wrestlers, the established uh, full-time guys, that's what happens. Everybody takes care of their celebrities. Wyatt Family versus the Sword of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. If you recall last year, they did a whole bunch of six-man tags with Eric Rowan and Seth Rollins in there, too, and those were fantastic. This probably isn't going to be at that level, but I can't imagine these four having a bad match. Um, these four should have an excellent match, should be one of the better ones on the show, especially if given the time to have it. Um, and, you know, Roman Reigns lost to Battlegrounds. So Roman Reigns will probably win here, pinning Luke Harper, and then they can go back to Roman and Bray um, and have the feud there. Rusev versus Dolph Ziggler. I don't know who's had the bigger fall in the shorter amount of time, Rusev, Dolph, or Alana. There is literally no one in this feud that's been brought up to a new level. Like, Summer Rae looks like such a geek and such a dork trying to be Lana. And you would think WWE would learn to not do stupid things like that, but they're still doing it. And Lana, by the way, looks like every other pretty blonde girl they've ever had when they take her out of the business suit and put her in, you know, something else like they have on the on WWE.com. Dolph will probably win, but, you know, probably shouldn't. Uh, but it should be a fine match, all things considered. And that is your SummerSlam card. And that is it for me, I guess. Holy guacamole. I talked for 53 minutes, mostly by myself. Um, special thanks to Brian for showing up there for two minutes. Special thanks to all the people who called in tonight. Had a fun show overall. And, you know, tune in tomorrow night at 11 o'clock after SummerSlam for our for my second show in 24 hours, our third show since Wednesday. And, you know, listen to that show from Wednesday. If you missed any of tonight's show, it will be up on demand in a little bit. You can also, of course, download on iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.